Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. And of course, you can always visit us on our website at poshalaw.pizza. <laughs> you, you do know about that, right? I wouldn't be surprised if that was an actual thing. <laughs> it is. By the way, my name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stobb. No, yeah. So that is our official announcement. FYI, Matt. Poshalaw.pizza has uh, finally launched after, I think it's been about six and a half, uh, seven minutes of, of development. We're, we're finally up and, up and going. So check it out. After we talked about those, what do they call them? Top level domains. Yeah. I haven't heard about those at all. <laughs> well, the reason is because it took like almost a year to actually implement it. So they, they actually have a staggered schedule. In fact, let me see here. So yeah, so we have dot green coming out on March 24th, which you would think it would come out earlier for uh, St. Patrick's Day. April 1st is dot tires. April 7th is dot flowers. April 8th, my birthday, everyone make a note of that, dot wedding. <laughs> 15th, 15th, it should be like dot taxes or something. No, it's garden, fashion, and then 21st is poker. A lot of cool stuff coming up. It's so weird. I don't really get it. <laughs> no, but check out poshalaw.pizza. That's probably the best, best site out there right now. What do we have on there? Strictly legal stories? It's kind of hard to explain. It's pretty complex, so you just have to check it out on your own. You link to the best pizza in every state article that you were <laughs> just told me about? Well, no one knows that we started late today, but the reason we started late is because we started going through the uh, Business Insider article for the best pizza in every state, which the very premise seemed ridiculous to us, but we found some pretty bad <laughs> pizzas in there. Yeah, some interesting stuff for sure. I feel like th this article comes out all the time, so I don't know how they decide on this. Some of these don't even make sense. I, I, don't, I just don't get it. Oh, the, or the Oregon one's just got shells all over it. Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that's a pizza. Like they're, they're like, oh, well, we can't really find a good pizza place. Let's just put this blob of goop on here. Yeah, there's so much. And we'll get into the, I guess, the episode here in a second. But there's so many... Uh, there's so many very different pizzas. I feel like that's what it takes to win this thing. It's like, but most likely the best one is probably just a more standard <laughs> toppings. But exactly. So, what do we have? Something much less fun to talk about, probably. Oh, confidentiality. Nice with pizza. Yeah. So, like the secret ingredients for the recipes for the crust or the sauce or anything. <laughs> Could be confidential. Whatever you prefer, sauce or crust. Yeah. Not to, not to make any judgments, but I guess this is part of a lawsuit. I mean, we're going to talk about confidentiality in general, but this was part of a lawsuit. And I guess what happened was uh, there was a document that was filed with the court and it was, I don't know if it was unredacted or just poorly redacted, but... I think incorrectly redacted is, was the term. Basically, which had confidential confidential information on it and you know once that gets lodged with the court that's public record and anyone can go and, and look that stuff up so at that point the things that were supposed to remain confidential uh, were supposed to be redacted are out in the open and they're not confidential anymore so obviously the the side that you know <laughs> was going to be harmed by this by the confidential information getting out tried to you know prevent this from happening and the court actually denied their motion. And what's interesting about all this is that I, 
I actually dealt with this exact issue probably four years ago. It was one of those instances where you have, you know, you have some business partners that split up, one starts their own business, et cetera. And I was representing the business owner that split off from the current business. And they, they reacted pretty aggressively with a trying to get a restraining order because my client, they alleged that my client had disclosed some confidential information and they were particularly specifying this business plan or a few pages in this business plan. And in order to demonstrate what that confidential information was, they didn't need, instead of just describing what it was exactly, they actually filed it with the court. And of course, we make the argument that, hey, you know, if it's so confidential, why are you putting it in a public record? And, and there's, by the way, there's ways to present evidence to the court and not have it released to the public. And that happens all the time, a very standard procedure. And so quite a big mistake. We actually didn't have to end up getting to that far, getting to that specific legal issue. But this, this kind of stuff happens all the time, actually. Yeah. And, and that sounds like it might have been intentional. And I guess this one could have been too, but... I guess both parties were, it sounds like it was more of just negligence and both parties went on, went in on this motion or they agreed and said this information could be corrected. And basically what the court said was, look, this has been out on the public record for five days now. It's released to the public and now the information that's supposed to be confidential no longer is and too bad, so sad. And, and the FTC did almost the uh, same thing. So the Wall Street Journal made a Freedom of Information Act for some of the, so all the, basically the documents that related to, they, I don't know if you remember back in 2012, FTC was investigating Google for, you know, antitrust, anti-competitive practices, et cetera. And so the Wall Street Journal was made those requests. FTC releases all this information that was completely unredacted. It was supposed to be, re- parts of it was supposed to be redacted. And of course, once it's out there, it's, there's not much you can do. And here are instances in which it wasn't purposeful. And like you said, even in my case, uh, I think it was intentional to to submit that information, but it wasn't intentional to waive the confidentiality aspect of, of the actual documents. And so this brings to the issue of how do you keep things confidential, right? Yeah. And I, I guess that's the tough thing here is, you know, we, and we've, I think we've talked about this before. You have people, whether it be employees, whether it be third parties, you know, what have you sign these confidentiality agreements, which that's something you should do. But what if they, you know, intentionally or even negligently let this information go public, then, you know, I I guess you could go after them for breach of confidentiality, but it's already out there, right? Yeah. The damage is already done. So I don't know. I guess it's another thing I think we've talked about too. It's pick and choose who gets this information. And in this case, you know, this was, a lawsuit and I believe with two companies. So you would think two businesses would, you know, be able to get this right or the, the one business that I guess screwed up and didn't redact the information correctly. But well, one thing you'll notice is that like, for example, those non-disclosure agreements that it seems like everyone has signed in their past, or at least had some other, other people sign is a standard clause in there is that basically they define confidential information that so long as it's not public information, how could it be confidential information if it's public, right? Obviously. Right. But also it includes in there that if it becomes publicly available through no fault or failure to act by the receiving party, then 
that is also not included in the confidential information. Right. And if you know, so obviously if the receiving party is the one that makes it public, then again, just demonstrating that this is a pretty key element for in order to keep things confidential, to have some kind of recourse. Yeah, I mean... I guess I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with this case. They kind of paint the picture as like, well, it's, you know, a cautionary tale for people that are going to be submitting information in a lawsuit and, and don't properly redact it. But for the company that suffered in this, they're really just out of luck. I don't, I don't know. They can probably you know, go after the other side for some sort of breach, but and maybe get some sort of financial compensation for it. But the the main thing is that what they wanted to keep confidential isn't a secret anymore. So that's, no, it's not a really good consolation prize. And, and it may be a lawyer's liability too. Malpractice is a, that's still a difficult thing to, to prove. You do have to prove some sort of negligence here. And the question is, who, who provided the document to submit? And who is in the best place to determine whether or not it was properly redacted, et cetera? What kind of processes were there? But like you said, even, even if you have recourse against a lawyer, does that solve your problem? Not really, because again, the information's already out. Right. Yeah. I'm reading this order for when they got denied here. And I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward on, you know, they cite these cases and they pull these quotes. Once the party's confidential information is made publicly available, it cannot be made a secret again. Yeah. That's pretty straightforward. You're right. Secrecy is a one way street. Once information is published, it cannot be made secret again. Oh, this one, you'll love this one. Once the cat is out of the bag, the ball game is over. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really in there? (laughs) Well, it doesn't even make sense. Once the cat is out of the bag, the ball game is over. I think they tried to combine. It actually sounds like something you would say exactly. It's like I'll have a cat reference and then incorrectly link it to a sports analogy. What's funny is that that actually seems to be some quote from a, a another case, so it's not the first person to... It is, yeah. The, cit- <laughs> the citation is omitted, unfortunately, but... <laughs> they didn't find it relevant to, uh, to cite it, apparently, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and this was actually against Google. I guess I probably should have mentioned that at the onset, so... Another, yeah, another unfortunate thing for Google. Well, actually, I think it was Skyhook Wireless is the plaintiff's information... Skyhook filed the unredacted versions of two documents. Yeah, there you go. This was only available to the public, so to speak, for approximately five days. And the reality is, is that because this is a high profile case, and I say that only because Google is involved, it's very unlikely that anyone else besides anyone that's involved in the lawsuit would download those documents anyway. But because it's available on PACER, which is basically the federal court system online records portal, and so and it's because it's Google, it is likely that a lot of people actually have access to these documents right now if you want. Yeah. We should have logged into PACER and pulled up the information. I guess we could always edit that and make it seem like we did, but the cat's out of the bag and the ball game is over, so can't go back. I'm pretty sure I said the cat's out of the bag last week. I said that phrase last week sometime. Yeah, it's a common phrase. Not linked with the ball game is over, but... <laughs> I don't see that connection, but... No, I think about it. I have been to many games where once the game is over, they just bring a bag out and a cat runs out of it. And that's... <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. That's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> oh, speaking of games, sorry, I had a, I had a uh, stat for you. And this was before, this is after one day of the tournament, 11.57 million brackets on ESPN 
There's only 273 perfect ones remaining after the first day. Last year, there was 18,471 after the first day. So your chances of those multiple perfect brackets are very slim right now after 16 games. Yeah, exactly. There's still 60 games left. That's not that many. And that's just ESPN. We're not even talking about the world. There's a bigger market, you know, bigger players involved. So Yeah, I think I saw another site had like, either yahoo or cbs sports had something like four thousand. so there's it'll be done by the weekend like it always is sometimes there's like one or two that have it after the weekend but (laughs) there was way too many upsets yesterday for someone to get this right all right well we'll see i'm gonna win that win this billion dollar bet one year (laughs) it already doesn't exist yeah but between you and i i think i'm you know i'm already one billion down this year I'm trying to make my money back. Double or nothing. Yeah, basically double or nothing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.